Hi everyone and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. My name's Josh Vine, your host, and this podcast is dedicated to helping teachers improve their pedagogy for better learning outcomes. In every episode, we discuss practical teaching tips that are evidence-based and simple to implement. We hope you're inspired and encouraged in what you do as teachers. So let's get into it and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome again to That Teacher Podcast for another episode. We hope that you're having a great day, and we hope that the podcast uh, has been really helpful for you as you've been listening to various episodes. Maybe this is your first episode of listening to the podcast, and if that's the case, uh, welcome. Uh, This is a podcast about teaching for teachers and done by teachers. Uh, My my background is that I am a, a high school teacher, um, but I've been employed as a pedagogy coach at my school uh, for a number of years now. And so most of my role, a lot of my role is um, actually being in the classroom with other teachers as they teach, um, helping them to uh, think about their teaching and start to make adjustments to the way that they teach. And what we're finding is that as we uh, find that our teachers are becoming more reflective of their practice their practice is improving, and then as a result of that, the students' learning is impacted in such a positive way. And some of our students are even realizing that, man, my teachers aren't teaching how they used to teach. And so, I've been very blessed to be given the the role of of working alongside and coming alongside teachers for a number of years now, and looking at pedagogy practice and helping to. Uh, run some some coaching and some discussions around what best practice looks like. And so today we thought, uh, I thought that would be a good idea to talk about uh, one particular way that we can check for understanding, and I think this will be a fairly short episode, but we just want to talk about something at, at our school, we call it TAPL. Um, it's not a new thing, you can find it easily on the internet if you type in T-A-P-P-L-E, uh, that is TAPL. And it's a method of checking for understanding that we use at our school and uh, it works really well. And we want to talk about it today and just bring about some clarity around what TAPL is and how it's used. Um, so just to start, TAPL is a method of checking for understanding where the teacher can get feedback from the students to verify that they are learning the content that is being taught. And so it's a feedback mechanism that is highly effective. The reason we want to use something like TAPL in the way we teach is that as a, a checking for understanding method, we can then assess whether the students are ready to progress to the next step of what it is that we're teaching them or if reteaching is needed. It TAPL will provide a really clear framework as well as you work through each of the letters of TAPL and we'll unpack what each letter means in this episode but it then becomes a real uh, good, clear framework for making questioning effective and simple. And it will also increase engagement and participation in the thinking and learning that is taking place as well. Um, When it comes to the research behind the use of TAPL and checking for understanding, um, the Hattie Check, teacher clarity, mastery learning and questioning all have a fairly high effect size above 0.4. I mean, teacher clarity, uh, where the teacher is clear on what they're doing and also what their students understand, 
um, has an effect size of 0.75. It's almost two years growth for one year's input. So unpacking TAPL, we're going to look at each letter and what each letter stands for. And when you use TAPL in your teaching, I would encourage you to actually follow the process of the letters and let the, the acronym of TAPL become your guide for how you question and get feedback from the students. The first letter in TAPL is obviously T, and T simply stands for teach. You have to teach something first before you can require the students to give you some sort of feedback that they are understanding it. And so before we can ask questions, obviously we should be teaching some sort of content that we're then going to question. So first letter T, very simple, teach the content. The next letter A is where we start to then get feedback. And so A stands for ask, ask a question. And that can be a simple closed question where there is just one answer, or it can also be an open question where there is a myriad of answers or even an opportunity to brainstorm answers to the question that you're asking as well. And so when it comes to questioning, ask yourself as a teacher, am I using uh, closed questions or open questions in my lessons? How much of a ratio am I using? I I know some uh, teachers that I coach, their ratio is that they they ask a lot of closed questions, maybe 90 to 95% of their questions are closed questions. And they're not offering opportunity for kids to think beyond just what the one answer might be. And so I, I always encourage teachers, look to be asking more questions than you you think you are, um, especially for those who are interested. One of the best ways that you can find out how your questioning is going is to actually video yourself re- uh, teaching, video record yourself teaching. And every time you ask a question, just jot it down. Was it a closed question or was it an open question? And have a look at what your ratio was for that lesson and maybe do this over a number of lessons and see how your questioning is going. And I would encourage you to to start thinking about how can I get a 50-50 ratio? How can I be asking a lot of open-ended questions as well as closed questions? So just going back, first letter T, we teach the content. A, we ask a question. When it comes to the first P in the word tapple, we take that first P and we look at it from two perspectives. P can stand for pause or pair share. And depending on the question that you've asked, we'll then determine what you may want to do with the students in terms of getting the feedback or the answer to that question. If you ask a closed question, then all you may need to do is just pause, give the students some some think time. I actually even encourage teachers uh, as I watch them teach, sometimes teachers don't give students enough thinking time. And we have to think about the question that we're asking and how long it's going to actually take for them to think about the question you've asked, think about what they know, interpret that, and then come up with a response. And often we find that teachers definitely don't give enough pause time for students to actually think. Um, As I teach, I often will ask a question and then I'll even say the words, think about it. And then in my head, I count to five or seven. And it, it actually is quite a long time when you're sitting there, not saying anything, allowing the kids to have think time. So you can do a pause and just let them come up with a response in their mind, uh, ready for you to select someone to, to then give that response. 
Um, as I said, the first P can also stand for pe- for pair share. And when it comes to open-ended questions, pair share is a great way of allowing the students some cooperative learning time to be able to come together um, and think about what their responses might be to the open-ended questions. It generates a lot of discussion and it's a great brainstorming tool as well. So the first P stands for pause or pair share. The second P stands for pick a non-volunteer. Okay, so at our school, we have a no hands up policy, uh, essentially. The students are quite used to this, and I think in a previous episode on Checking for Understanding, we discussed this, Um, but what that does is it helps to increase engagement because the students aren't sure who's going to get selected to give their response. And so when we um, do the pair share or the pause, we then have to pick a non-volunteer, and that can be someone who was in a group, maybe you did a pair share, and so you might just ask someone from that group, what did you guys discuss? and allow people from that group to discuss their answers with the class. If you just did a pause, then it may just be that you name a student and say, for example, John, uh, what do do you think? And get them to give you their response. So first letter T, teach. A, ask a question. P, pause or pair share. And the next P, pick a non-volunteer. So the letter L in the word tapple stands for listen to the response. And so as a teacher, we then have to have a a think about, is the response that I have received from the students, is that satisfactory for the question that I asked? Now, if the students respond uh, and their response is correct, then a good trick or a good tip would be check with the remainder of the class and just ask who else agrees or who else was thinking along these lines. And if you can get the students to then put their hand up to just quickly give you a nod or a hands up, then you're getting feedback from the whole class that they all agree with that student. And the good thing about that too is that it provides feedback for that student too, that they weren't the only one that was thinking that. So if the response is correct and the rest of the class agrees, then that is great feedback for you to know, okay, it's time to move on and continue teaching. Uh, If the students seem unsure of their response, whether that be a particular student that you've named and they've given you a response and they're not sure, or the response that they've given is incorrect, okay, what we need to do then is have them either elaborate by asking another non-volunteer or even asking that student to elaborate or we may need to reteach the content and so it's really important that as we listen to the response we are then determining as the teacher what we do with the feedback that we're receiving and this is crucial that we don't just move on when the students actually haven't understood the concept. The final letter of TAPL is obviously the letter E. And E stands for effective feedback. As teachers, we need to be providing students with feedback. When they've given us their response to the questions that we've asked, we need to give them feedback as to whether or not those responses were correct um, and how good those responses actually were. And so one of the ways to do this, if a student has given a response that is correct, we can just simply echo the response that they gave. 
Or we may even elaborate on the concept of what they responded to us. If a student answers in a tentative way, if they're not 100% sure, then we can also use the correction procedure where we ask another student and we say to them, can you help this student out? And if they give the correct answer, then we echo that and then we go back to the student who wasn't sure and ask them to echo what is the correct answer. And this is so vital because what we want is we want students to feel a sense of success. Even though they may have got the question incorrect, if we go and find another student who does get it correct, we can go back to the previous student and say, so what was the answer? And when they give it to us in the correct way, we can say, great, yep, you've got it now. And so it's really important that we actually give feedback that is helping the students know whether they've been uh, correct or incorrect um, and even giving them praise for the responses that they give and even celebrating mistakes. Students need to feel safe in your room to make mistakes and there's nothing wrong with students giving responses that are incorrect. We can actually say, I can see what you're trying to say, but it's not quite the right answer. Johnny, what do you think? Yeah, that's what we were probably wanting as the answer. So here's the answer. And so it's really important that we give that feedback to the students. When it comes to picking non-volunteers, we at our school have found that it can be hard to make sure that we're picking non-volunteers in a way that uh, everyone still gets an opportunity. And we know that if you're picking students with their hand up, you're often going to be picking the same students. How can we make sure that in our random picking of non-volunteers, we also have an ability to not miss students and that kind of thing? And so one of the things that we've employed at our school are a few different methods of picking non-volunteers. And this is so simple, but there are plenty of name randomizers on the internet where all you have to do is put your class list into it and it will literally, you press a start button and it will generate a random name. And so we have teachers at our school who are asking questions, hit the name generator, and as the name generator is going, that's their pause time. The students are thinking and they know that at any moment their name's possibly going to come up and it's quite random and, and computer generated. Another really effective method uh, is to use popsicle sticks. And what I mean by this is that you actually have a, a class set of popsicle sticks, maybe in a container that has each individual stick has a student's name on it from the class. Now, this would probably work better if you are a teacher that has the same class all day, maybe a primary school teacher. Um, however, in high school, it can be a little bit tricky in that you've got to then have, you know, a popsicle stick group for each of your classes that you teach. However, it, I've seen it done, um, where you then have the ability to pick a non-volunteer You've asked your question by picking out a popsicle stick and you just read the name. And it's a really simple way of just keeping it random. And uh, as well, you can have the students even pick uh, a popsicle stick for you if you want to make a little bit of fun from it as well. The last one would be uh, just names on cards and having those shuffled each lesson and you, you just pull out a name from the cards and that's the student who has to give a response to a question that you've asked. So, I mean, there's a myriad of ways that you can do this and I'd encourage you to think about what might work for your class 
and think about how you can have some fun with it as well. The kids love to have fun being able to pick names um, and work out who's going to answer the next question. So in every episode, we want to offer teachers a grab and go. And for today's grab and go, I just want to just recap the TAPL principle again in its steps. So T, teach the concept. A, ask a question, whether it be closed or open. P, we need to pause and give students some pause time, or we need to pair share. And that means grouping the students up to discuss the question that we've asked to come up with some responses or a response that they think is correct. The second P stands for pick a non-volunteer. We talked about some ways to do that, whether it be random name generators on the internet, popsicle sticks, names on cards, or obviously you can just select uh, at will. L stands for listen to the response that you receive from the students. And E stands for give effective feedback. We want to thank you for joining us today on That Teacher Podcast. We appreciate every single person who listens to any of our episodes. We'd love it if you could subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss any of our newest and latest episodes. We'd also love it if you could share That Teacher Podcast with your friends and teacher colleagues. And we'd love it if That Teacher Podcast became a way that you mull over your teaching, think about it, and even do professional development. There's also several ways that you can get in touch with us at That Teacher Podcast, including leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. But we'd also love it for you to join our community on Facebook. And you can find That Teacher Podcast group on Facebook and the That Teacher Podcast Facebook page as well. We'd love it if you would join us and make some comments, give us some of your thoughts about what you're enjoying about the episodes, and even some ideas for what you'd love us to discuss in future episodes. We want to thank you for your company, and until next time, it's bye for now.